Hey, this is forced into this. I'm Alan. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, I'm, I'm Alex. The only person. It's just me and Alan today. Yeah. Like it should have been from the beginning. No, I'm kidding. Um, podcast. Um, right, what were we talking about, Alan, before? Like what, what specifically? We were going to lead into something. I forgot. Talking about North Korea. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about North Korea. Okay, so like they wanted to make a peace deal or whatever and make a reunification with South Korea. And, you you know, you see the recent thing with the Olympic Games and stuff. And it's kind of crazy to think about because, like, I know a lot of South Korean people got pissed off about that, how they, you know, some of the Olympic team, I think it was the Olympic runners or something. No, or it was the hockey team I don't, or skaters. I don't know, some Olympic team. They get pissed off because they were, like, North Korean people were going to be represented as well. I think they had to take off South Korean team members. I'm probably completely wrong. But it's crazy just because, I mean, I'm a very, you know, I don't like intervention. And I think diplomacy is always the way, which is really weird because, like, this whole massive push, like, the fact that North Korea is, like, scared the bone and they're doing all the super reactionary things. Well, I mean, it's not like... It's really crazy. Look, it's not like Obama's administration where they they were sort of idle threats. They were still threats, you know. But Trump, Trump sounding like he wants to actually blow them up. And, yeah, um, and do World War Three, and that's weird because you wouldn't think you think you would get the exact opposite reaction if we're going off any other country ever. It's weird that we're getting this type of reaction where the, it's not the U.S. that is the ones trying to get peace. It's the North Koreans. That are the ones trying to be like, hey, hey, guys, come on, did you go? I mean, I'd be afraid, you know, if I was in, what's his face? Um, you know, big Chinaman. Uh, you know, shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, what? Like, I forget his name. Kim Jong-un. That's it. I'd be, Kim Jong-un. I'd be afraid if I was in this situation because, you know, oh, we may have a tiny nuke or something. But, you know, America, they got like you know, 300 or so under underground, you know, just ready to fire at them. Yeah, and it's like you—you you had like, I don't know if like the fleet of of carriers or whatever that like the U.S. sent over. I don't know if they left. I think they did. Um, but like with the recent like, like I think I wonder like how much, like the North Korean intelligence, like how, I mean, they run a dictatorship, so obviously they have to be pretty crafty and manipulative and be able to like understand how the world works in order to keep that kind of you know totalitarian regime going but i wonder like if they see like you know how all those like scares with that ballistic scare in hawaii you know like whenever that happened and you saw all those people were getting freaked out and stuff and then they were like oh no it was it was just a mishap someone accidentally pressed well, the i'm sure they're just as afraid you know afraid <laughs> well like you know and there was like that secular talk video where he was like yeah this is probably the u.s they may say it's an accident but it wouldn't be that surprising if it was you know they did the same thing in Japan recently where there was a scare like that. People were, the U.S. is trying to test, like, what would happen if there was, a, like, how many people would die if there was a real event like that. And, like, if they were doing, like, these tests to see, like, a drill. Um, but, no, don't say it's a drill. To see how, try to get some statistics. And I wonder if North Korea sees that, like, oh, my God, they think we're going to nuke them. I, look, this I is think really worrisome. Kim Jong-un because, I mean, is that, in a that, position, right? Where he thinks he has some power. He doesn't think he has the power to the you know, same degree, you know, the United States would have. And, you know, something as false as like what happened in Hawaii, 
and what happens in Japan regularly. Um, I'm sure it afraid you know, it affects you know his 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 outlook on it. Like oh, you know I'm high and mighty one second, and then you know you know America makes a mistake and thinks you know we're nuking them. You know we have to get we have to you know put yeah, our tone down. Takes. It doesn't have to be real. I mean, you look at every other friggin'. I mean, the two biggest classes we were in were based off like very sketchy information. I mean, the entire freaking Vietnam War was based off what was later like discovered to be a fabrication, you know, and like is it the Pentagon Papers and all that stuff. So yeah, about... I mean, it'd be very, it wouldn't be unbelievable to think that the U.S. would be the one to start the conflict. Especially if you were trying to sell out of bombs, but that would never happen because I mean the deep state and all that crap. I don't think they want to see. There's a lot of there's a lot of money in now, South Alex, Korea, so it doesn't recently, make a lot of sense for the. Recently, I heard the happen. State Department say there was no deep state, so you need to correct yourself mm -hmm. right there. Oh yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. You know the credible CIA. They've never told anybody to shut up. Scouts honor. Without asking them first, obviously. Oh, mm -hmm. I always ask for your permission before they topple your government. But, no, no, so, I, I just, that's the thing, is it's like, I wonder how much North Korea, the, the officials, what they think they know, and what they do know, and like, what's actually true, because, I mean, obviously they're scared, because they're scared of the regime being collapsed, and, you know, in, in, in fire, and in, in war, because, um, I mean, they're probably assuming the U.S. is going to be the one to attack first, but I just don't really see that happening because well, they're hoping the U.S. Much... are going to be the one who attacks first. If I mean, well, look, well if they don't want anybody. I'm saying they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't want anyone to attack because I mean, look what happens if that would be you the know, end. The Either way, attacks. that would be the end. Look at what happens if the United States, you know, attacks first. You know, China is going to be super pissed at us. They're probably going to start, you know, bombing us. You know, because oh, freaking. That's not how it works, Mr. America. You gotta let them attack you first before go you that can bother. I see. I don't know what would happen. See, that's the thing. We've never had a situation in the world where another country, as like post Cold War or just post War Two, where a country has like dropped a bomb, and then the whole world has to watch. Like no one's ever done that. No one at a time that people. Well, in modern had times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. Hiroshima Nagasaki, but what I mean is like, let's say you have a situation where you 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 know you flip a nuke on you, like what would happen? Would China be like, um, oh, you know, we're not supposed to drop those? Um, and are we being attacked? Like, cause when you sh when you when you see that missile in the air, you don't. I mean, you know where it's gonna. Land. We have math and all things that I don't know mm -hmm. about, but you have all those things and you know where it's gonna land. But what do you do? Like, I don't know what the policy is. Do they react and retaliate, or do they try to shoot it down? Or even if it's not attacking them, what do you do? You just let it, you let it, let it drop on the ground. I mean, I know you can't stop it, but I mean, or you know, it's really I mean, you hard. You could try to, to blow it up in the air, but that's you know. Yeah, but it's a maybe what I'm situation. Is like, if you're that country, do you attempt to stop it, or do you just let them not nuke the other country? Because I mean, or do you retaliate? Well, because you might think, oh, this is this is like treaties, you know? Yeah, um, well, I think the U.S. would most likely. I mean, this is this crap happens all the time. Before there's any kind of nuclear test or any kind of anything that has to do with shooting something into the sky, the U.S. usually tells everybody else what's going on. But then sometimes we don't, 
and you know that's whenever you have like a like a red scare situation or or what they're like a nuclear scare where the world almost ends um oh, well. you know whenever you don't tell anybody that you're gonna shoot a satellite up in space and then i mean look you just somebody gotta thinks it's the end you gotta dig a hole in your backyard i mean that's that's the only way you're gonna be safe in a situation like this you gotta get down okay the only women mm-hmm. fallout mm-hmm. it up right yep um I don't know. It's it's a weird situation because I mean I've always that was something like I got a, had to do a college paper like that it, it became my report and I wanted to do it on like because it's a world politics class and she was like oh you got to do a response paper and it's like the big final like grade for the class and I wanted to do like the military industrial complex and all that stuff because it's world politics it's about foreign policy and I was going to talk about like how you know the you know how how military contractors influence foreign policy, and it could be really interesting, but, you know, I didn't, I guess she didn't take it or whatever, but she gave me, like, nuclear proliferation and the problem with North Korea. And, you know, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting subject. I mean, I could have got a lot worse. Um, but the thing is, it's like, there's a lot of conflicting information, because I've always thought, and, and, the, and the left, left-wing um, part of the country in South Korea has always thought that the way to do it is diplomacy. Because before... Like the 90s, I think, there were actually like factories that North Korean and South Korean people would like work at. And, and there was like, you know, some economic bonds. But over the years, it's kind of fell apart. So, but my point is, like, you know, diplomacy is always the key. Like whenever you get two societies interacting with each other economically, they're less likely to go to war. And I feel like that would be the solution to get eventually. I mean, look at North Korea and South Korea issues. right now. Like, South Korea has a booming economy, you know, they're they're one of the leaders in technology, and, you know, it's just, it, it's a great place, you know, South Korea, while, you know, just right across the street, you know, North Korea, you know, they're eating rats and stuff. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, if, if North Korea looked to, you know, the South, and, you know, it was like, hey, let's, let's be buddy-buddy, you know, again, it would definitely promote, you know, growth in both sides, and, heck... It, at the end of the day, it may you know, prevent any sort of bombings and stuff. Stuff. <clears throat> I don't know. It's you know. And another thing is like, would you, if you were in the position, because I've always thought like, reason why Kim Jong Un, because he's offered to give up his nuclear weapons, and the U.S. has refused him like in the past, like because I mean, it was Kim Jong Un. I think it was like Kim Jong Il or whatever. But, you know, the North Korea's offered to give up their new weapons in exchange for, like, their their sovereignty or whatever you want to say. Um, but the U.S. denied them. And the only reason I would know why is because, yeah, the U.S. wants to forcibly take over the country. Well, I mean, or look at their want, resources they, they have they over want there to, that they can't even keep, access keep themselves. Keep the war machine going. I, I think it's less yeah. about war and more, you know, oh, the U.S. wants to become bigger, you know. There, there's yeah, literally, uh, yeah. you know, miles and miles of untapped resources in North Korea. You know, the United States would love to get their hands on if they could. You well, know. and not even that. I think a lot of it. Don't. I, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the key of it. I think it's not even that the U.S. They know that if there's a war, that would kill tons of people. Or that would not be profitable. Because the reason why in Iraq, you know, propping up a war machine was a good thing is because you got free oil. And you yep. were damaging a part of the world that wasn't that developed. So you weren't pissing off rich people. But if you did that in South Korea, you'd be pissing off a lot of rich people. So I think what, what the, if you were going to talk about, like, 
with the contractors or or if you're going to talk about the you know it never revolving door never ending revolving door politics it would be ramp up the war machine we're not going to go to war with north korea we're just going to kind of like a standoff and we're going to try to scare everybody so we can just keep that war machine going we need a bad guy well it's all it's about planning the, the idea into the people you have this when you yeah, look at the it, uh, the russia scare right now i mean the media are yeah, the ones exactly. pushing that was about all, yeah yeah and yeah, it's so we can flip it, and we're putting more troops on the NATO border and stuff like that. It's so, I mean, obviously we're never going to go with war with these countries. If we do, I mean, it would be by accident. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that would be it. Like, it's not in the plan. I don't think it's in the plan, because it, to be in the plan would be really dumb, because it makes no sense. Like, war is not the way you make money as a country anymore by stealing someone's resources unless they're a really poor country. You're not going to invade Russia to steal all their oil. You would just buy it because it's cheaper to do it that way. But if you were, you know, a war company that you made a lot of money making bombs and you gave a lot of money to politicians and they're corrupt and they don't give a crap about that, then that's a more passive way to keep making well that's how they're making their money like they're that. investing you know all this government yeah. funds and stuff into the uh, industrial war complex and you know it's just well it's and, making and money it never ends and so when you when you, you create going. another battle when you create another red scare the only way that could ever devolve into a war is if you had like a world war one situation or something like that where it was like an accidental misfire and it happened repeatedly because i mean we've had situations before where like i think turkey they shot down a jet fighter, a Russian jet fighter, and it was like a big deal. And then, it was, but it was a big deal for like one day, or like a week, because and then Putin was like, "Yeah, whatever." Because, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, look at you know, look at American politics right think... now in the media. Um, one second, you know, they're covering you know what happened yesterday, like say in the uh, the woman's march that happened recently. You know, two days later, no, it's they're not mentioning it at all. It's they're just jumping topic to topic, and, you know, back when, you know, Turkey shot down that, that Russian jet, you know, it was an accident, but they didn't push, you know, for a war. They you know, tried to help push it. Oh, it was an accident for a day or two, and, you know, it lasted yeah. longer than and it I is think now. that's how it will go, because I think neither one of these countries, even though they're, they create the facade, like, the, 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 the facade that there's, like, these aggressions towards one another, I think, like, Trump or... Well, I don't know about Trump, but I know Putin and any Democratic or Republican president in the past would be like, it makes no sense to go to war. None of my donors want that. None of the American people want that, but usually, they, you know, it doesn't matter. But the donors are what matters, and they don't want that because that would not be economically, it wouldn't make any sense. It would just take the, it would tank the stock market. It would, you know, it would, it would the resource you know, scarcity. Of value be a lot of, yeah, um, and it would, it would, I mean, it would, you'd have a war going. And that'd make a lot of people money, but I mean, that's not, I don't think that's the point. The point is just to keep it going, because there's a certain point whenever it pisses off more people by actively engaging in it, than just to, like, keep the scare going. I mean, like, look if at you the, just keep the Red Scare going, and look you keep at the, uh, China, and you keep the third of North Korea, you keep to, you get to keep making bombs, and politicians keep to get making excuses for it. Yeah, I so, agree. I mean, look at the war on terror. It lasted, you know, four presidential terms, and it's still, you know, happening now. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's... and I think that's why you see politicians starting to move away from it. That's why people... Are, and I mean, that's not the only reason. I think it's because there's, there's enough people, that, citizens, it's finally such a wildly held belief that, you know, Iraq was dumb. And politicians can't just avoid that anymore. I think that's why... That's one factor. And then, you know, you see whenever you see 
like an establishment Democrat or establishment Republican, whenever they talk about what's the greatest threat to the U.S., Republicans they say like, oh, it's 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 Russia, it's Russia, it's China, it's North Korea. They don't talk it's about terrorism. Foreigners. And I think you're going to start seeing that because I think this whole Red Scare thing is engulfed the country. And I think about like whenever well, it isn't. It's another, it's another Cold another War thing. situation. I mean, they're trying to yeah, ramp thing. it up. So, but that's another thing, Ellen, that I don't think we've ever talked about. So you know, whenever we watch Jimmy Dore or whatever, and um, and you hear like, or not even just when you hear the news, like what happened after freaking the night that Hillary lost or whatever, you immediately start saw like. This big write-up of like, okay, well, how are we going to do it? We're going to blame it on, on Comey, and we're going to blame it on the Russians, and then we're going to blame it on Bernie Bros, and we're going to blame it on all these things. And I wonder, like, and obviously the Russia thing is transformed into this, like, this Red Scare. And, like, everybody freaking out about what Trump's allegations. And I mean, obviously, he's, gonna be he's caught a corrupt businessman, but that's nothing new. I mean, he's a freaking, he's a, just a corrupt dude. Like, it's going to, I mean, obviously, he probably did a deal with some bank. In a foreign country. That's because he's a sleazy businessman. That's what they all do. I mean, if you're in his position and you do, you do, you do deals with them, I mean, that's just... I mean, people with money, works. they're, they're going to make money anyway. You know, they can't. But, uh, the, but the point is, you know, he's a symptom. He's not the problem. The core is the system itself that allowed him to do that. But, like, uh -huh. yeah, well, no, exactly. back to the, uh, tying all of this together. My whole point was, do you think that whole Red Scare thing has been, like, an idea... And the establishment to kind of pivot away from terrorism and pivot more towards like a traditional enemy, or do you think that started with Hillary and it's kind of just snowballed, and then like now like the establishment's kind of tied onto it to try to shift away and trying to like excuse the military, you know, ramp up even in that way. Look, this is um, personally, I, mean, I believe this has finished. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I hate to keep it, but my last thing, if if. Hillary, never, if I don't want to say just Hillary, but if the Democrats or just if this Red Scare thing would have never happened, do you think we would have saw an increase of troops, you know, on the Russian border or the pole, you know, in Poland and stuff like that? Do you think we would have saw that, or do you think it would have never happened? I don't think so. I don't know. Look, all this Russia stuff definitely happened, you know, right after the election. It wasn't, you know, just because oh, we want to, you know, this was a plan for the establishment all all along. This happened because, you know, Hillary was an unlikable candidate. And, you know, to justify the Democrats' position, you know, for supporting her, you know, blindly, I mean, they have to make it look like she lost, you know, unfairly, un you know, unjust. She was in a, a situation where the Russians and Donald Trump, you know, ruined the election for her. You know, it was just a big push to delegitimize the Trump administration. That way, you know, going into 2018 and... 2020 you know they're gonna have a better chance of you know winning it's it's all just to promote the democratic party at the end of the day and it has nothing to do with the 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 real establishment you know motives um yeah and and like you said it did snowball like the media picked up on you know all this russia mess and started promoting it daily you know whether or not for you know just you know money because they're drawing in people because of the election and all the politics. I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy, like, everyone loves a, you know, like a chase. Yeah, it's just, that's what it is. It's just, it's a witch hunt. Like, you know, oh, and that's easy. 
not to give Trump and, credit or anything, but you know, a lot yeah, of yeah. I mean, is, I don't want to sound like we're apologizing for him. Obviously, he's a horrible guy, and he's done a lot of corrupt stuff. And I'm sure, I mean, he's already proven that he's he's obstructed the justice product, product, you know process, so he could be impeached for that alone. But if you're talking about optics, is that the thing you want to focus on? Because does that get people out in the streets to want to vote for you? No, it you know, doesn't. It, it makes it look like, oh, we're only doing this, you know, Russia, Russia, and, you know, eight, 20, the midterms and, you know, the 2020 election, the Democrats are going to be like, okay, we're not Trump. Vote for us. It'll be another 2016 thing. They need to go back, you know, whether it be Obama's term or um, Jimmy Carter's term or whatever, it doesn't matter. They need to go back to a situation where they're attacking, you know, opponents based on their policy. You know, not because of some old fake Russia, you know, scare or the war on terror or anything like that. You know, mm -hmm. we're losing focus on that stuff. I was going to segue into something, but I can't think what, what we were talking. So we were talking about North Korea and it was going to tie in well. We, we um, want to talk about Doom. Oh, well, I'm, we'll talk about Doom but, but Doom, talk about Doom after this, because I'll, I'll say one more last thing about it, and then we'll be done. Um, so, like, uh, dang it, I, it's, I'm lost, I lost. Either way, I want to try to tie everything together, okay? Yeah, either way, but I mean, so yeah, I mean, I just think the optics are bad, and I, the whole Russia thing, it, it kind of evolves into this, into this just, like, never-ending... Like, I don't know when it's going to end, but I do know, I know when it's no, going to end. Not a lot. It's going to, you know, end as soon as Democrats realize that they're not winning, you know, pushing this mess. That was it. Yes, Alan. Okay. So, I think you're going to have, like, the same weird, like, so, you know, we we're talking about North Korea and, like, how it's weird. Because, like, what we would think, what we would want to happen to get the solution that we want, like, would, would be... Not to have aggression, because aggression is the way you get North Korea to agree with us, and you know diplomacy is the key, and things like that. But I think the same—it's what's weird about Trump is that he actually, like, when we're talking about the Democrats, you know, I know the before, whenever I, I thought during the primary and, and after the general, if he won, the, the Democrats are just going to keep losing. But they're just going to keep losing until a progressive comes around. And turns everything around. I mean, and I still changed. believe that. It's but you saw, you, you still have like this. You have this Trump effect where he's like a lot of Democrats have won these special elections, and it's really weird because I was surprised about that. I was surprised. I mean, they're corporate Dems too. It's and not it's like the these Trump guys that, are progressive or anything. Yeah, I know. That's what's so weird about it. And I think people just hate Trump so much. And that's what that's what worries me the most is that Democrats can just ride that wave of hatred. And then by the end of it, they're it's not going to have anything to, another, to show you know, for because they still don't election. have a message. Yeah, it, they're not going to have but anything to focus like, on at the end of the day. And yeah, did. But the whole point is, all of our assumptions, everything's weird. It, it, what I thought was going to happen is not what's happening. Um, even though I mean, like Doug Jones or whatever, I mean he's two percent better than a pedophile. Mm -hmm. that, I mean that's apparently what the people of of Alabama or Mississippi or whatever, I don't even know. That's what they think, you know? Because, I mean, he won against Roy Moore by 2%. It's not a lot. He was terrible. Well, you know, Roy, Roy Moore was a terrible guy. Uh, I mean, and <laughs> he only won by 2%. Like, how did you let that happen? Uh, I mean, he still was an upset. I was. I thought he was going to lose. You see, Alabama's the real progressives. 
Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. They can support I, you know, a pedophile and not feel weird about it. Yeah, how progressive, man. Mm-hmm. They're really, really breaking down the barriers. <laughs> um, but anyway, that that's, I think that, that's everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw the Bernie Sanders town hall um, with the Medicare for All thing, and that was really cool. I really liked that a lot. It was good. Um, it was, I never... I didn't watch it. I just like heard a lot of stuff about it. I, I mean, I watched the beginning. What? So Anna was the one that asked all the questions, or was it somebody um, else? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. She introduced everybody. She she gave some of the audience's questions, some of the media's questions, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Was there any like what was some of the good questions? I, or, I mean, uh, I stuck to the panels recently. You know, basically, I didn't really catch a lot of the questions. Um, one had to do where, uh, you know, how are we going to get these these companies to stop giving, you know, employees just, like, slightly under the amount of time they need to be able to provide yeah. health care for them so they don't have to? Like, you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Walmart does that crap all the time. I'm like, well, every retailer does that. Um... But basically, I was going to say, um, Alan, are you there? Hello. Oh, I I saw your mic moving and I didn't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, So basically, I was going to say, like, was there any questions that you would see on a CNN panel? Like, how are we going to pay for it, y'all? I I saw... Oh, there were. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't name anything specific. It's all crossing my mind, but it... It'd be like the questions you see at, like, a, a debate, you know, back, like, in the 2016 mm-hmm. thing. Um, mm-hmm. Then again, it was mostly progressive people because it was an online, you know, only debate about health. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I was impressed. Uh, like, I'm glad that, like, I, it just blows my mind, man, how much of an effect he's had, how Bernie's had on, like, the, the discussion. Like, I would have never thought that, like... That we would be having a town. Yeah, well, because, I mean, like, I remember before the primary, man, like, obviously we wanted universal health care and stuff like that. But what Bernie did is he just was like, yeah, you can have all that. And that's not just where it stops. Like, you can have all of them. Uh, You can get whatever you want. Like, this is a progressive movement, and he motivated a lot of people. And he taught people about the issues and stuff. And, like, and I think that's the main thing, is he taught people how to articulate their views and stuff like that, and the fact that like he doesn't call it universal health care, he calls it Medicare for all. Well, that I, makes I think he lot, was pushed like, into that, that sort of situation. He was, you know, mm-hmm. he was for single payer, and he moved into well, I guess he was always for you know like oh the government should you know cover health care for everybody in the United States, but um, it was the debate got shifted during the election to a Medicare for all situation because you're know, right after the election you know. Trump's like, oh, we're going to get rid of Obamacare. So Bernie jumped on, hey, let's let's expand Medicare. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it, I'm glad the debate exists. I mean, I'd rather it exist in it than it not exist. Yeah, um, we need we need more people getting in. Yeah, we we definitely need a lot more of it. I'm really excited. Um. Well, we need to talk about Doom. We can talk about Doom. I mean, there are plenty of things to talk about gaming-wise. You know, Reddit, Reddit okay, is then. the man. Oh, um, yeah, tell me the Reddit. I don't give a crap about Doom right now. I mean, I'm playing. <laughs> Goodbye, Doom. Tell me about Reddit. Um, 
So Xbox What's happening is in, expanding in the gaming world. Xbox is expanding the Game Pass thing where they're going to be able to, they're they're swapping it over come, you know, the end of this year where like okay, the new Gears of War game, the new Forza game, the new Halo game, they're all going to be available day 1 on Game Pass. Mhm. Like just the brand new games. Like you're going to be able to play Halo 6 launch day if you have Game Pass. And I'm like better it's expensive it is it like that's the thing about xbox Pass is it's a lot more expensive well, it's like ten dollars a month but yeah which is a lot like yeah access is like 30 bucks um i mean you get more go, go continue with... yeah you, you get do get a lot bucks. more you get a crap ton yeah, more yes. games EA is just EA. Mm. um but keep because we'll talk about that in just a second but we'll, what else what else happened like the, is there anything else about the pass uh all it? future Xbox One exclusives are going to be a permanent part of it moving forward. That's according to a... Yeah, is, is the Herb. Xbox Pass, is that for, for PC as well? Like, is that on the Windows yeah, it's, Store? Yeah, it's or for is PC too. Xbox? Oh, games through the oh, Xbox okay. Anywhere cool. thing. Cool, cool. Ooh. So that means... You know, Halo 6. The next Halo game is going to be on PC. Ooh, goodbye, Xbox. Xbox Dude, man, done. that could be the, the next iteration of... Of the of all the CE pure Halo CE purists out there, will finally have their own custom edition to make a good Halo game of two for three screws no, no, it up. No, they're gonna I be hope. complaining about Halo uh, Six because they're like, oh, "What? We jumped from Halo Two to freaking Halo Six on PC? What? How? How's that work?" Yeah, <laughs> how am I supposed to read? This story's too complicated. Um, but yeah, too much graphics. <laughs> Man, I didn't know Chief's armor changed that much. Why is Cortana dead? What happened? Um, so, so yeah, there's gonna be a lot of, a lot of questions. Um, that'd be so cool, man, if they released the Master Chief Collection on PC and it functioned. Well, they may. There's, uh, there's always, you know, discussion. I'm, I'm sure it won't have any, God. if they did port it over the PC, it wouldn't have anything like Halo Custom Edition. But. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. I mean, Halo 1 through 4, plus all the other That's games. That's not a thing. Just on PC. Bob. But what'd you say? I'm sorry, yeah, you lagged no, a little bit. Go ahead. Okay. Alright. Um, but, well, like, with the Xbox Live Pass thing, my only worry with all that crap is, like, I don't want to have to... I don't want to see a world where, one, I don't physically own a game. Like, because then that means movie rent... Like, game rentals won't exist anymore. And that's really beneficial, like, I mean, because I'm a cheap person. Um, and I like to rent single-player games because they're just too expensive for play like once like you just yeah yeah I mean, you just, want the online know, like, only everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. freaking netflix I know, with our for xbox friends, we always we play social oriented multiplayer games and stuff where you're constantly like you know having to like we there's a lot of player engagement with the games that we play like we put at least i mean at least a thousand hours before we're done playing a game like at the least yeah i mean um, you look like at destiny or some people who play the division, division. Cough, cough. Oh, yeah, 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 dim boys. Um, you look at all that and you're like, those games, and I, I think that's what they want. They want these service-driven games that you play for an extended amount of time, because one, they can play, they can make games every year, and they can make you pay a subscription for a service for it. Um, but I just don't want a world where it will, like, there's like the Ubisoft pass, Sony pass, I mean, the the flipping 
the Activision pass, the, the EA pass, and, and my thing is like, I mean, look what's happening to the, the TV. I don't think they're going like to merge. Industry. Look what's happening to the TV yeah, industry right now. Like well, TV. you can get the Disney pass, which I mean, they bought Hulu, so they yeah, don't have that. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Netflix. It's or the Amazon. same thing with like Netflix and stuff. Like Netflix used to have a monopoly on like the the service thing, yeah, and then man, they but now that you know. Up. They Disney's going to have their own thing. You're content. not going to have Disney movies anymore. Um, you know, Netflix, they're, they're deciding to, hey, we could either, you know, invest the same amount into paying for a show to just show up on Netflix. Or we can use that same money and, you know, invest into an original show. And that's where, you know, Netflix is mm-hmm. going. While, you know, Hulu, they, they care about having all those, you know, just TV shows everywhere. All the networks. Yeah. And I think you're going to see, a, a, like, a, like, a thing where... I mean, maybe it's good because you get to see a little bit more competition in terms of original content. But you're going to see it in networks like Hulu and Netflix try to develop their own franchises. And they're going to start losing their royalties to all these different movies and services. And like all these. It, yeah, so you, like... you're going to make it less convenient for the consumer. You're going to have the Disney Pass. And you're going to have the flipping. And you're going to have like the Warner Brothers Pass. And, and the Sony Pass if you want to watch the new movie. And then. And where does that, like, in the future of, like, movie theaters, you know, where people, you can rent movies now, like, the day they come out, uh, and they cost a little bit more, but, I mean, well, they cost a lot more, but they assume you're going to watch it with your family, and, like, so where does that leave that kind of content? Are there going to be a separate Disney pass? Like, if you want to watch the Disney movie that comes out, and you want to watch it at home, are you going to have to buy a Disney subscription? Or are you, is it going to be a separate thing? Like, I feel like every single company is going to become like cable, where they all have their own ecosystem. And you Um, have to pay into that ecosystem. Right now, we're seeing all the, you know, apps and stuff. You're like, oh, you you got Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. They're all breaking up the shows and the different, you know, subscriptions. At some point, each of these subscription services are going to merge into a big one, which that's a scary scenario. Or they're going to, you know be blended up into a situation like oh you don't want to watch tv shows from old channels you go to hulu or if you want to watch original shows you're going to go to netflix because i think netflix is eventually going to not have any just regular tv shows it's all going to be original content and they're going to be known for original content and i mean their original content's good yeah i mean they they invest a lot of money like stranger things house of cards you know shows like that those are great shows Mm mm-hmm that's just how the industry is right now. It's all going to, you know, each is going to have their own service in the future, and the small ones are going to merge into, like, Hulu or something. Yeah, and where does that leave the consumer, you know? I mean, unless they drastically reduce their prices because they won't have to be paying all these royalties. I mean, that's one reason why Netflix is so expensive. It's just because they can't, I mean, I don't know how expensive it is to, you know, keep the, the service running, but I can tell you that, I mean, I'm sure it's not, Freaking their original content that's, that's being that burden. It's most likely probably all the royalties they have to pay. Dude, that's and, I mean, where I heard the, one most thing of their money goes. They've that's had why to, they're moving over. Yeah. And they've tried to, like, increase the price of Netflix before. Like, wasn't it, like, when it first came, like, $6? Yeah, and, and then, then like, it jumped 10, up, like, 10 to 12 you know. Yeah. It just goes up. Yeah. Um, yeah I think Hulu's going to have I mean, the same sure. thing where, you know, it's, the more content they get, they're going to you know, start charging more. Um, right now I have a yeah. Hulu and a Netflix subscription. I got Hulu Live TV. Our, my house is basically transitioning from, you know, cable to, you know, just Hulu Live TV and stuff. And we pay like 60 bucks. 
in the future when they have more stuff, um, it could be around 80 bucks or 100 bucks. You know, it all depends, you know, what they invest into. But I think if, like, if it's not as... If it's not as beneficial and you don't get as many shows, I could see the price going down. I mean, that's, maybe that's Netflix a rare will be really super cheap in the future. I, I they don't that, have any shows. You know that made their own. that makes sense. I mean, if they you know all move over to original content and stuff, heck, who? What's the point of you know charging thirteen, fourteen dollars? I mean, you only have original or content. Or you're just gonna have like a new service come along that's gonna combine all of it together, and we're literally gonna have cable on YouTube, or I'm sorry, on the internet. I mean, have you seen YouTube, YouTube TV? Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, that's... But when it relates to video games, it's kind of sad because you're seeing... And with movies in general, you're seeing... We're losing the tangibility that we have. Like, the control that you have over your movies and your games. That's what sucks about a digital service is that you don't have... You don't own anything anymore. Yeah, I'm you afraid like at some point it. we're going to you know, jump all into digital. Like, you're not going to be able to buy Blu-rays or HD Blu-rays or DVDs anymore. It's all going to be, you know, just streamed online. I mean, wh what do you do in a situation like that? You don't own anything and you have to pay a monthly subscription for your media. Yeah. Daddy's alright. Mommy's alright. So weird. This is a nice song, Alex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, like, I know this decay, right? Yeah. But, like, I mean, still, I guess well, it's the same thing with, like, Xbox, right? Like, whenever I lost my account, like, and I, it took me a while to get back. I was like, dang, like that's a thousand dollars almost, or probably more than that. I mean, how many years have I owned this account? How many games have I bought digitally? And I know we buy games digitally because, you know, the whole Xbox, we can link our accounts and stuff and save a ton of money that way. And it's like, you don't own anything. I mean, I guess you do digitally, and I guess that'll be the future. You just, well, if, you own a, if somebody steals you own it, like in your situation, they're your just, code. you don't have that anymore. They just sold, you know, yeah, you how don't much don't money have you put it. into it's it. Gone. I mean, I guess the benefit is convenience, and it's forever yours, as long as it doesn't get stolen. Exactly. Um, or lost. Um, you know, and I guess that's it, but then it comes down to, like, so how does this, how did the whole streaming and, and multiple, because, I mean, I like the idea of the Xbox Pass, because I get to play a bunch of games, like, I re recently went back and I played, like, the Metro games, and I've never played those, and the reason why is because Tyler, he got, he got it. Um, just to try it out, and that was interesting, and it was really fun. I also got to play, um, like Metal Gear 5, uh, like the Phantom Pain or whatever, and it, it was, it was okay. Um, but, you know, you have, in, like, that's cool. But other than that, I just, I worry, like, you're gonna have Ubisoft Pass, and all, but, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll just become part of Microsoft. Like, it'll become, like, Eventually, Sony and they'll Xbox. They'll just merge into, you know, look. like... Yeah. You it'll buy make the box a deal or you and stream it, your... and you, you spend like 70 yeah. bucks a year or something. I don't know. You yeah, get access or, to everything. you know, it's like an optional thing for Xbox Live. You know. I don't know. It's... Interesting. So I what else you... is going on? Uh, the Switch is doing stuff. They got that cardboard thing. What kind of stuff? Um... Oh boy. 
We could talk Talked about the goop cardboard goddamn. Yeah, baby. Why would I pay 80 bucks for a box? The, the future. I don't understand. Look, you spend. They're gonna be selling this to schools, and they're gonna be paying like tax dollars. It's gonna be going towards cardboard. Money, money. And it's expensive cardboard. <laughs> Like, what this is, is this? You're gonna have to buy replacement kits every other month because some kid's being too uh -huh. rough with I it. mean, you really think a kid's gonna take... It's freaking... Like... You know how easy it is to break cardboard if you're not fragile? Like, you're not careful. I just... You gotta pretend like it's fine I don't art. Know. I don't I, I respect the creativity. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what Nintendo's known for. That's it. Uh-huh. That... That Richie power. That Wii U power. Um... Oh, baby. That one. Um, mm -hmm. um, only if it was called the Wii 2. I made money then. Um, and that would have been a weird alternate reality. Mm. Um, I wonder how it would have done. Like, it's like. I mean, if if Nintendo got the idea to people, like, okay, this isn't an add-on for the Wii. This is a new thing. You know, and did their advertising better? I'm sure it could have picked up. It did a lot better. <laughs> so they had like a I mean, year of that, you know, just period where they thought it was an add-on and you know, mm. It's a cool temporary solution. I mean it feels like Google Cardboard, like in that term. Like it's like VR until we can get it for real. Um and that's what it feels and I say that because like you see like HoloLens, like I know we get so hot for HoloLens and now like it's been four years and it's still stuck in space or something. I don't. I don't know where it went. But either way, there hasn't been like any progress that I've seen. I think there was like a tech demo, like the last like Windows Con or whatever you call it, or they like showed off some people making some stage and some French people were getting hot because I don't know they were running a runway or whatever. Sounds like, and, like so. that's cool. It, yeah, <laughs> they'll be at the next one. Um, it'll be like the division for real. Like you'll have your little map down, <laughs> and you'll have the Hololens. It'll be just like the real E3 trailers. And the guy will be just standing on stage with the Hololens on. Um, and but you know that would actually be super cool. But I see crap like that, and I think that's the future of like of you know interacting, like educational interaction. We talked about that where it was like, man, imagine if you could like. Your chemistry teacher, whenever he, like, you all had HoloLenses, right? But it was, like, a super tight, you know, like, it was, like, glasses. We're talking the future, you know, where everything's perfect. But where, you know, you he, like, you're in chemistry class, and he's teaching you, like, what a chemical bond looks like. And you he physically grabs a chemical bond, and it's like a hologram, and you can all see it in the room, and and it's there. And he explains Yeah, too bad it's never coming you, you know? out. Freaking. No! I don't know what they we'll did. get it down. When's the last the time you've seen HoloLens? Like, seriously. The French people! They took it! They took it and they hit it. I they stole it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but all the applications for that type of crap. I think, you know, with the Switch, it's like a temporary thing. When it comes to the Vibo or whatever, the, the cardboard, it's like a temporary thing. I mean, it'll be cool. You look at Microsoft, they want to invest in the holograms. You look at Nintendo, they want to invest in cardboard. I mean,. It's, bo yeah, it's both I mean, sides it, of the it spectrum. It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Nintendo's more pragmatic. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it'll be cool. Maybe. I'm not buying it. I mean, I don't I, have a kid. You don't got a Switch. And I don't run a school you, budget, so freaking, I doubt. 
you wanted to bootleg, you know, Zelda on the Wii U on your PC. Don't tell the, the people about my piracy. Um, <laughs> you wanted to buy it and just couldn't find the money. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, trying, trying see, to I'm run this wild on a surface. It's not, it's not ideal. I'm going to buy that piano kit out of cardboard. It's going to break in two days, but I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. I'm going to get the fishing pole. And it's going to be nice. I'm going to spend 70 bucks. So, that's the one that doesn't make any sense to me. How does the, Why is there a string? What's the string do on the fishing pole? What does it do? I mean, it's just for show. Because it's not, is it, is it connected to a button? Or is it just for, like, fulfill your imagination? Like, it's just dangling, like, a a, bo a bead in it. And, you know, the, the controller senses it. Uh-huh. I don't know. That is cool. The HD vibrations. Like, the Switch is like a Swiss Army knife for everything Nintendo's ever wanted to do. Like, it has motion controls. has really cool, like... Seriously, I think These, someday they're, they're going to be able to port Wii games to it. Yeah, I, no doubt. It's going to be really cool. Like, it's a Game Boy, it's a GameCube, it's a flipping, it's a Wii, it's, it's a like Wii. It's like a mini like, iPad. It's everything. Like, it's Nintendo. Yeah, it, and it, it's an ice cube as well. It's a glass. A glass oh, yeah. of ice <laughs> Don't forget those ice cubes. cubes. And every controller. Oh, boy. And every... <laughs> I love that commercial so much. So uh, is the HD rumble? Is it really that good? Like, what's it like? Did you get to shake some ice cubes around inside of it? I mean, I played the the Mario Party ripoff, like one two switch, and mm -hmm. I gotta be honest, it was cool, but it wasn't you know anything revolutionary. I'm sure there oh, are better okay. games that you know use it better, but yeah. You know. Well, I mean, I don't know. Usually, when Nintendo make a first party game, they get it right. Because they're the only ones that, like, I mean, they make these games. I mean, one, two, sh switch. I don't know how long they spent on that one. But <laughs> you have a game like ARMS where, where, like, I mean, I'm sure it's like Super Mario Galaxy. It's like they designed that game with the Wii controller in mind. And it's like, you know, well, I guess a lot of games that came out really didn't utilize, I mean, besides ARMS, but, like, they didn't really utilize the tech of the Switch, probably because it's just so multi-purpose. They can save all that for down the line. Because there's not many features to show off, besides that you can take it anywhere. And it has a lot of, like, like mobile Skyrim Alex. from the old console. That's what people I know, buy it I know. for. That's the real, that's the real, like, flippy. Okay, so, the fact that the Switch has done so well, it's like the Wii. Like, they'll, they, will, they will downgrade the next Battlefield to make it run. That's what they did with the original Wii. They flipping took NW2 because they knew that you know, there, everyone owned a Wii. So they knew at least a quarter of the people were going to buy it. So they could just, they slimmed down Call of Duty just to make it fit. It didn't matter if it ran. Black Ops it just 2 had to be playable. Mm -hmm. Good game. It, yeah. They, I mean, you would never think that would have been a reality of you. But it was on the Wii. And that's because everybody bought it. So you're going to see the same thing with the Switch. You're going to see all these games that you never thought would ever come to a Nintendo console. But they will. Like, I can guarantee you that there's going to... Wait, isn't there already, like, a Battlefront 2 in development? Like, I don't port think for the so, Switch? but, you know, it's it's on the way. Um, okay, but you know, I mean, that crap is going to sell, like, hotcakes. You know, it will. Because, I mean... Day one. Dice. I think DICE is going to make ports of their future games. I mean, the Frostbite engine, like on my Surface, runs, like, Battlefield runs like 30 frames. Playable. More than enough playable. Especially if you had a handheld where you could lower the resolution even more. And you wouldn't notice. Adding up, throwing a bunch of motion blur. You're done. 
all you need to do. That's what they did with Doom. I I'm still surprised they got there. We need to talk about Doom. That would be a great way you know, to Doom. end the podcast was to talk about Doom. Okay, what do so, you want to talk about Doom? So, it's awesome. You know, this is we need to make a podcast about Doom because there's <laughs> so much Doom that Doom? I just I mean, want to talk about. I mean, I know we're like two years late, but the reason why this is relevant is because like... It is what a first-person shooter is supposed to be, you know? It's like, like you play Halo 1, and this is a good game. You play, like, maybe, like, Call of Duty 2, and that's where it ends. That was the last of the good game. And that ever since then, it's just been slow, methodical, and overly methodical. And it's just lost what it even wanted to be whenever it was slow and methodical. Now it's just like some weird amalgamation of, of, of tech demos and, and movie trailers. And that's it. And like you play Doom, and you're like, man, this is like what a first-person shooter. It's all about just like fast-paced action. Anyway, Doom, it's a masterpiece. Um, just and we can end it there. I mean, it's not a masterpiece. It's not, part, but it reminds me of an old game, like Return of Castle Wolfenstein. Um, and, I mean, our friends are gonna hear this, and they're gonna be like, man, there goes Alex again, flipping Wolfenstein. What a waste up, of a podcast. Yeah, talk about Wolfenstein and politics, lib crap. Um, but you know. Yeah, the video games are just like politics. They're all just been corrupted by money. That's it. That's it. I mean, microtransactions. Uh, but see, that's, but that's no, that's the real podcast. reason. It's all the telecommunicate. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. It's all about the Telecommunications Act. There's no competition. So games suck. They just all cater to to what makes the most money. And the publishers, you know, they're they're the reason for that. I'm gonna get into. We'll have to say it for another kind of podcast. Either way, go out, play Doom, go play Halo 1, oh. then you'll see, man, only if there were more games like this, yes, yes, or, or SPV3, or, or SPV3, no, quit plugging the, the Halo mod, it's, no, no, it's beautiful, it's like, a beautiful mod, it's like what Halo should have been, anyway, get off my soapbox, so we talked about Doom, we can't say we didn't talk about yeah, Doom, we, we mentioned Doom, good podcast. All right. All right. All right. That's uh, it. All right. Bye, everybody. Who are you? I'm Alan. It's Alex. Um, yeah. I don't know who I am. All right. I'm just some guy you can blame with. That's right. Mm.